This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 171, Karen Hand on Hypnotic Freedom. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Because you're listening to this program, you can discover unlimited ways to easily and naturally empower your own hypnotic language patterns. Hey there, it's Jason Lynette, and this is launching the day after the 4th of July, after Independence Day here in the United States, though for everybody else in the world, happy July 5th. And I specifically reached out to Karen Hand to come back on the program once again. Karen's a previous guest on the podcast out of the Chicago area, and if you're familiar with our ongoing gag, she is my favorite hypnotist. Don't tell the others. And I specifically reached out to Karen and for the reason of looking at our skills of expanding our abilities as a hypnotist, that this concept of as we're getting started, scripts are that necessary tool sometimes to begin to build up that confidence and discover the mechanisms of hypnotic language patterns. My personal catchphrase is that we don't need any more scripts, we need transcripts, or at least the ability to modify the scripts in such a way to learn how to customize to the individual. And quite honestly, there's a lot of chatter around scripts being good or bad. I think the real mindset is if you always look at them from the perspective that this is one example of one thing that could have been done with one client. And as you have that one client in front of you to recognize and, again, discover the ways that you can easily and naturally customize to them. Do you see a trend that's possibly beneath the language that's here right now? Uh, Karen, in this recording, actually made it a point to say that she wasn't there to necessarily plug her book. So I will do it for her because it is phenomenal. And for just about $15 US, or if you've got Kindle Unlimited, you can actually check it out for absolutely free. Karen's book is Magic Words and Language Patterns, The Hypnotist Essential Guide to Crafting Irresistible Suggestions. And what's great about it is it gives you the natural formulas to start to really work in that improvisational in the moment in the moment kind of way with your clients so to be fully calibrated to your clients and have that ability to expand your skills during and after and even throughout the experience well after the sessions as well so we'll link to that over in the show notes and i will mention that in addition to the dialogue you're about to listen to Karen put together a handout that we're going to make available to you. So if you're listening online, head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash magic words and make that all one word. So worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash magic words. That'll redirect over to the show notes for this specific session. And that's where you can get Karen's list of the top 20 magic change words and patterns which I've personally pulled this document out at times just to experiment with it. And you really can so easily vamp and freestyle your hypnotic process while expertly customizing to your client. So check that out over at worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 
Magic Words. That's where you can get Karen's free resource and learn more from her as well. I'd also encourage you to check out hypnoticessentials.com. This is a live training experience that's going to be myself and James Hazelrig. And for those seeking certification, you can get certified as a certified professional hypnotist with the ICBCH, the International Certification Board of Clinical Hypnotherapists. James is an expert storyteller, and the two of us are teaming up together to teach a more organic mechanism of hypnotic trance, utilization of phenomenon, and the customization to the individual. So if you've found yourself stuck in getting stagnant in your process, or if you are brand new to hypnosis and want to learn the strategies behind two working pros with full-time practices, this is the training event for you. It's happening in the Washington, D.C. area in September 2018, and you can find all the details over at hypnoticessentials.com. And with that, let's jump directly into this outstanding, natural, and uh, wonderful, I'm missing out of the language here. Here we go. This is session number 171, Karen Hand on Hypnotic Freedom. <laughs> it's very interesting that clients um, want magic. And I don't care how much we tell them that we don't do magic. They still want magic or are expecting magic. I had a client a few months ago who went through the screening process. She knew what it was all about. She knew what she wanted. She came in. We had our first session. We did some convincers. She went into hypnosis wonderfully. She had a great time. She came back for a second session. And in her second session, she said, now this time, I just want you to do your voodoo on me and then send me <laughs> home. And I'd like you to put that on tape, please, so yeah. that I can listen to it over and over. And I politely reminded her that we're not doing voodoo here, that what we do here is you do. <laughs> and she, uh, so any script I might have prepared, anything that I might have prepared for her went out the window. Mm -hmm. Because even though she had had a session, she was fully schooled in what we were doing together, and that this is a dance that we work on together, she flipped and said, just do me. Yeah. Oh, if only we had that much power, right? I love the element of inside of that story of still bringing in the convincers, bringing in these magical moments, yet still inside of that, uh, I love moments where we discover that we both use similar language, yet in different ways, that my phrase for years has been, it's a dance and both of us are leading. <laughs> okay. Well, I lead first. And exactly. Then I turn yes. it over to them, right? <laughs> I play more the dancing with the stars game with my clients. Well, I mean, it's where I, I edit the phrase of all hypnosis is self hypnosis. And I think my current stance on that is all hypnosis is self hypnosis eventually. Right. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. I'll steal that one from you, Jason. I steal a lot of good stuff from you, by I, the way. It goes both ways. You're my favorite Keep hypnotist, but don't tell the others. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel the same. I love you most. <laughs> So uh, curious to ask, because I know this is something that we've chatted about with before, uh, but just this ability to build a greater flexible nature inside of the process. Yes. Uh, what, what's been kind of the approach over the years of really refining that style to really be in the moment, in the experience and let it become much more fluid and flexible? I'll be honest with you. It took it took um, a couple of years to really 
get familiar, to really be comfortable with the ability to just go on the fly. Mm -hmm. Because even though I just gave you a great story, and I've been doing this for almost 15 years, so even though I gave you a great story about, a, you know, the client had been screened, they knew what they were doing, and yet they still wanted me to do the voodoo, even though I'd taken certification and even though I knew what it was all about, there was still a part of me that wanted the magic, that I knew that somewhere in those scripts there were magic words. And if I didn't do the whole script, I might miss the magic words. It, it was very confining, and it took a lot of time. Because I, as I screened clients, I had to uh, not only figure out what they wanted, but prepare something ahead of time and get everything together and in order. And I, I remember using, you've probably seen and probably have used at some point, Jason, that uh, big red book. Yep. Uh, hypnotic metaphors and scripts or whatever it is. And I, I can remember in my first year going through and thinking, oh, this is perfect. And then if I go from here and go to page 149, there's a paragraph that would go great there. And then if I flip over to page 242, and I would have all of these post-it notes in the book flipping back and forth. It was time-consuming, it was arduous, and it just didn't work. Because as we were talking here, you are probably already aware that I said, a part of me wants this and a part of me wants that. Boy, that can change up a session very quickly. If only there was a technique that perfectly... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> someone out there just find something for us and we'll... we'll maybe one day. You know, but on the phone or in, the, in, a, in a conversation, they may not ever say anything like that. And then at one moment, the light bulb goes off and, oh, now we're doing parts work. We're not doing a script. We're doing... I, I heard it called transpersonal hypnosis. I don't know if you call it that, but uh, a few weeks ago... I was talking to a woman who called it transpersonal hypnosis, and I said, well, explain that to me. What is that? And she said, it's where you talk to the clients. You have them interact and, and talk back and forth. And I said, oh, then I do transpersonal hypnosis. Got it. Mm -hmm. But having the client's input rather than just us telling them what to do, I think is so much more effective. And I've about come around to the idea of hypnotists should stop giving suggestions. Yes. We although, shouldn't even give Although, do you know my big red book story? No. Oh, I, I'll make <laughs> I'd it, love to hear it. I'll make it brief because a lot of folks have heard it. A uh, woman comes into the office and she's in for something extremely specific. She has to testify on the stand for something that the neighbor did. And no issues public speaking. She's a school teacher and speaks all the time, yet first time ever in court and she is freaking out, which step one, find a script for that. So right. she's in the office and... She's telling the story that she saw someone else to quit smoking 30 years ago. He's since passed away. And you'd be a fool not to ask, what did you do in the session? And, oh, he was wonderful. We talked about my smoking addiction. And then he reached up on his shelf and he grabbed a big red magical book. And he put two little post-its in there. And he read me from that magic book. And I tell you, I haven't smoked ever since. Yeah. So... I take a chance and I reach up and grab the Hammond's collected metaphors yes. and she lights up like it's Christmas morning and, oh, good, you have it too, to which I go, I know exactly where it is and set the book on the shelf and close your eyes and run the process the same interactive way I normally would and maybe got called out at the end because she goes, that was amazing. How did you read all of that? Because <laughs> it was a very interactive session. It's like, oh, it's it's more of an outline. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, you know, I think that's wonderful. I think now I want a grimmery. 
I don't know if you know if you know um, um, Wicked, yes. the the play Wicked, uh, but they they use the grimery, well, the magic book of to, spells. Karen? Come on, <laughs> I, yeah, you're you're right, you're right. Uh, I do have a magic. I have a couple of magic wands in my office that I pull out occasionally. I even have a little glitter that I will sprinkle on them once in a while if they want fairy dust, but. Um, but I haven't I haven't yet produced a grimery. Now that I've heard your story, I've got to come up with a grimery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that I can pull that out and do the magic spells. And and you know that is something that we can do too. I mean, if the I think we're on the same wavelength, Jason. When we talk about the client, will tell you what they need, what they want. That was a beautiful story you told, and and you were right there in the zone with her, and you picked up on that, and you pulled out the magic book so that she could feel. So that she could believe that this was going to work for her. And boy, isn't that the moment that hypnosis really occurs? Well, it's the, the moment that there's a catchphrase that I keep coming back to nowadays of uh, and, and to use the word in a very positive way. Let's go placebo on techniques that actually work. Well, right. <laughs> <laughs> let's put Absolutely. filters. Let's put suggestions on top of suggestions. Here's sure. the process. They say part of me wants this, part of me wants that. Right. Well, the fact that you say that means that now we can go and complex equivalents the heck out of this situation. Exactly. How much jargon can we throw into that sentence? That's right. Yeah. I had a client who uh, I had a, a man who called me one day and said, um, "Can you change taste buds? Have I told you this story before? Do you no, know the taste no." Before? Yes, can you change taste buds? And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, well, I saw a stage hypnotist last night, and he changed taste buds. He gave people lollipops, and they were enjoying them, and then he changed their taste buds and said they tasted like poo, and they all spit them out. And I said, so let me get this straight. You want want everything to taste like poo? And he said, no, 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 no. But I'm Catholic, and we're about to go into Lent, and I want to be able to eat fish on Wednesdays and Fridays, and my wife's favorite food is fish. She likes a fish restaurant that I've never been able to take her to because I just can't stand it. Can you change my taste buds so that I can like fish? And I said, absolutely, come on in. Mm -hmm. He had already given me everything he needed. He needed some stage show magic. Yes. And thank heavens... I've taken a stage show class, so I was able to give him some of that magic. I stuck his fingers together, and I made his arms stiff and rigid like a steel rod. You know, I I did several things with him, and we changed his taste buds. Now, along the way, I also did a little um, age regression back to cause, and we discovered that his mom never really did make him eat that fish when he was seven. He had a choice, and he could have put ketchup on it and made it taste better to him. Giving him those options helped him changes taste buds and after the session that night he texted me from a bonefish grill a chain fish Mm -hmm. joint said he'd ordered tilapia and loved it nice so i didn't have to look up by the way try to find a script for change my taste buds so that i'll like fish tilapia is actually page 140 of the red book (laughs) That's right. It's right after the swordfish cat. It's it's alphabetical, Karen. Come on. That's right. He was a great uh, he was a great testimonial. He sent me lots and lots of clients. Well, here's the beautiful thing inside of that too. That you know, and I hear this dialogue at times of this technique versus that technique, and you know, my the phrasing that all these techniques are good. They're only as good as we actually put them into use. And here's a moment where again they came in, they gave you that hypnotic contract right in that moment. Absolutely. And it, rather than going, well, I, I know better. You know, here's another strategy. Right. No. <laughs> here's no. what's already <laughs> going to work with them. 
Well, and I've heard I've heard some uh, trainers or hypnotists say, don't listen to the client. Their conscious mind doesn't know anything about what's going on. Don't even listen to their conscious mind. Just get them immediately into hypnosis and let their subconscious Hello? mind do all the work. As uh, I have a landline at home, and that's where we're recording. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad that you're getting other calls. I, I know. Don't mean and, uh, <laughs> hey, Kate, edit this out. <laughs> How's that for editing on the fly? Good. Or okay. leave it in. It's entertaining. They just hung up. Um, yeah, listening to you know what they come in with, and again, it's where their their representations, their phrasing around it. It's whether it's conscious or unconscious. There's still metaphor to it that we. You've got a dark parking dog. As I've got the phone ringing, we're on good track here. Uh, <laughs> but here's the experience of they're coming in, and whether it's literal, whether it's figurative, it's still part of their map of the world, and to use that as part of the process. Let's not shut out their conscious mind. After all, it was their conscious thinking that got them to call you in the first place. Mm -hmm. Let's let's incorporate that. Let's make let's do the whole mind, all of it, conscious, subconscious, unconscious, superconscious. I don't care how you view it. Let's use all of it. And and I don't tell my clients that we're going to have to knock them out or get their conscious mind out of the way either. I don't believe that. I believe their conscious mind can watch and participate as much as it wants and be on board all along the way. What's the, the, it's the bypassing of it, not the deletion of it. That's right. That's mm -hmm. right. It's it's the yeah, I like to call it the yabbit factor. Uh, yabbit <laughs> this, yabbit that. I like to bypass the yabbit factor. And maybe that's lodged in the conscious mind. I don't know where they're they're storing it. But that's what we want to do is get past that, yeah, but this, yeah, but that disagreement and have them believing, yes, I can do this. This does make sense for me. And there are lots of ways to do that that incorporate all kinds of great techniques, but I haven't yet found a script that does it all. And when I got my independence from reliance on scripts, set off the fireworks mm -hmm. <laughs> because – it made everything so much easier, and it saved me. I had I had freedom from homework, too, because I, I didn't have to do so much prep work. I didn't have to um, prepare everything ahead of time. I just put the Jason Lynette uh, beautiful Emerge script, um, Ego Strengthening Emerge script in front of me, and I'm good to go. Awesome. So I'm curious, though, there's a there's a place that we have to start from that we have to learn something before we can forget it. Uh, we have to get, you know, kind of awkward at it first. I love the catchphrase that sometimes there's something that takes a few years to be bad at it first before we can actually be good at it. And right. uh, I'm always recommending, uh, though, the last 10 minutes are slightly questionable for uh, reasons of who he interviews. But there's a documentary on Netflix uh, called Comedian where it's Jerry Seinfeld going out and workshopping new material. And yes, the last 10 minutes is him and Cosby, but we'll set that aside for now. Uh, right. But to look at, you know, what, in terms of the hypnotist getting started, you know, it's where there could be the training wheels of the written script, some things to model. Uh, I like transcripts more than scripts. Have you found there's specific strategies that help to shortcut that in the learning for the hypnotist to build that greater independence within their method? You know, Years ago, in, in a past life before I was a hypnotist, I was uh, a radio personality and a, uh, I taught at a university. And when I taught radio writing, you know, I was a teacher I took it over from that the only thing you'll be able to get these people to write is a complete sentence. You'll never be able to get them to write a whole bit or a whole newscast because it's just too much for one semester. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I had him writing complete sentences. They were college <laughs> students, for heaven's sake. I had him writing complete sentences in the first week. They were writing complete scripts and complete bits by the end of a semester course. I think it's how we view it. So one of the things I help students do early on is, yes, we start with some script work so that they have something they could hold on to and, and feel comfortable with. But then we start varying off of that very, very quickly. And and when we turn, when we take it out of the realm of being serious into the realm of being fun and a game and a listening exercise, it becomes so much easier. I think it's so much fun to watch a student have that light bulb moment when they realize they don't have to be the wizard. If they will sit back and listen to their clients, their clients will tell them everything they need and they'll know the exact right technique to do. A part of me wants this, a part of me wants that. Let's have a parts party. Or they say, if I knew then what I know now, and suddenly, I mean, it's where as much as there's a polarizing conversation around regression, it's where I'd point out that my whole approach to that is that, you know, maybe a few moments, if even that is the quote, find the cause segment. My whole reason of the regression is getting them to the place where now they're doing direct suggestion hypnosis on themselves. And no matter how clever any of us think we are, what they're producing in that moment is going to be so much bigger. I mean, here's a session in the office yesterday that he came in for this one thing, but oh no, while we're here, he's just cleaning up everything else as well. He's continuing that story of where everything else needs to go. And that then becomes the catalyst of things I can now fold into other strategies, other things in that session using his model of the world, his words. And, you know, there, there are other ways to do it, like playing with metaphor, as an example, or stories. Um, one, doesn't, one doesn't really need a script for um, the little boy who cried wolf, right? Mm-hmm. Can you tell me that story? Do you know that, do you know that old yeah. story, the little boy who cried wolf? He cried wolf. He, there was no wolf. He cried wolf. There was a wolf, but no one came. The end. Right. Did you need a <laughs> script for that? And it ended happily ever after for everyone but the little boy. That's right. (laughs) But you didn't need a script for that. And that's one of the ways we do it is we talk about the things that we already know. And when I demonstrate uh, on a a student or even as I'm teaching them, I'm telling them lots of stories. And I'll stop periodically and say, do you think I scripted that out? It just came to me and I told you what I was thinking. We're just having a conversation. And those light bulb moments of when they can learn that. Now, I do teach them magic words and language patterns to help. I I give them some very, very, very basic language patterns and magic words that they can sort of play with to write their own scripts as we practice in class. In, in order to do that, they've got they've got a list of language patterns and words, and they fill in what their study partner has given them to fill in. And it's a game. It becomes a game. We round robin it. We do it in all sorts of ways where it is a game. And once they start laughing about it and having fun with it and seeing that it's not really all that serious, it's a lot like having a conversation with a good buddy or a good friend or playing a game. It demystifies it a great deal, I think. You know, I think hypnosis is mystical for the general public, but I also think it's it's a very... Um, scary or occult almost kind of thing, even for hypnotists. And we can take that out of there and say, you know what? Relax. Relax. What we do is fun and easy and everybody can laugh 
then I think it makes it easier for everybody. So you dangled an amazing carrot there. What are some of those magic words? <laughs> you know, my favorite magic word, I don't know about yours, but my favorite magic word is because. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love I love the story behind because. Um, you probably know it. Back in the uh, 70s at Harvard, there was a, a sociologist doing some research on the human mind, and she had her interns go out to the – the library at Harvard then had one copy machine. That was the olden days when we didn't have scanners and that kind of thing. We had to do everything at a copy machine. And so there was a long line often at the co- the one copy machine there in the library at Harvard. And this professor sent her interns out to see if they could cut in line. So it was a three-prong study. The first was I uh, had to go out and ask, can I cut? And there was 64% and just let them cut in line to make a copy. Nice kids at Harvard. The second thing they had to do was give them a reason. Can I cut because I'm running late? 95% of the people let them cut in line because they had a reason. And the third part of the study was to say the word because but not really have a good reason. Can I cut because I need to make copies? Well, everybody in that line needed to make copies or they wouldn't be in that line. So you didn't have anything pre- any more pressing than they did. Can I cut because I need to make copies? 94% of the people let them cut. 95 with a valid reason, 94 because they said because. So that word is magical because mm-hmm. everything that follows it is real, is a valid reason. Now you want to talk about cutting through the conscious resistor or the yabut factor. That word because magically skips over that conscious resistor because the conscious mind is already used to hearing the reason following that word because. So Another looking, magic word is, looking at putting okay. that into use here for a few examples. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, it, it's where many people do the whole strategy of bring along any remaining cigarettes to the first session. We're going to have fun with those, which is my phrasing of that, which is incredibly vague and builds to the moment where they're throwing them up. And I'm able to branch the entire <laughs> session off of the fact of, you know, you've thrown them out. And because you've thrown them out, that now means this. Because you've thrown them out, that yes. now means that. Yes, yes, that's exactly right. Or if you're a person who does like to regress to cause, as an example, and you do, a re- I like regression to resources too, by the way, even better than regression to cause, but that's a different conversation, I think. Yes. Regressing, it, it, once you've done the, the age regression work and everything that you're doing along that, it's wonderful to say, and because you have had this experience today, these changes will be easy, automatic, and natural for you. So you're giving them a reason why they just went through all of this stuff and what it's going to do for them. You throw in that little word right there. Because you've experienced this, and now that you've experienced this, you will have a great day because it's what you want. These changes will be easy because it's what you want. Well, yeah, that's why they came in. Right. (laughs) But you throw that in and it settles it right there. Beautiful. So those are some ways to use that. Uh, And is the great multiplier. You string a bunch of ands together, and you'll do this, and you'll do this. But is the great um, eraser. Everything that comes after the word but, it it cancels out everything that came before it. The word but cancels out everything that came before it. Um, I'd share my entire intake process hinges around just to backtrack for a second hinges around the word because 
that mm. so often here's all the reasons that they're in the issue here's all the challenges that have been there and it's about flipping that because that well because of this issue now this is why it's even easier and because this is there this is why it's even easier so it's the quick story that years ago my 10 a.m and my 12 p.m had the same story i'm now retired and i want to lose weight Yet for one, the because was that this is going to be hard, and the other one's going, this is going to be easy, from the same right. catalyst. So yes. using whatever elements are there. So, you know, oftentimes here's the client who's going through other things at the moment they're coming in for the change. And it's about flipping that because and using that as the strength rather than the weakness. Yes, yes. <laughs> All of that is what does give it magic. So there is a little bit of magic in what we do, but it's artistic magic i believe what? now there's another the the great one word induction do you know the one word induction i do but i like it when you say it <laughs> imagine imagine just imagine because that automatically lets your conscious mind off the hook because it doesn't have to be real you're just imagining it imagine imagine that you're successful imagine you over the rainbow imagine that there's a gold a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow we're all into imagining and then there's the great forward induction once upon a time mm -hmm. but those are just, just semantic differences uh so those are some of the magic words the, the the words can can automatically put the subconscious mind into um, a softened place it can put the subconscious mind focusing on space or focusing on time or or doing whatever you tell them to do. Realize is a great one. Notice, those are two great words because they're focusing the subconscious mind. When you say notice something, they will be hyper-focused on whatever you say afterwards. Notice that now that you've done this today, you will have success because it's what you've wanted all of your life. So those are just taking some of the magic words and stringing them together with what the client put in there as their benefits. It's a great way to ad lib your way through something, or it's a great way to write your own scripts. If you want to write your own scripts, write your own scripts. It's going to take a lot of time. I don't, I, I want to work. Let me see. A, a friend of mine does work smart hypnosis. Hmm. It'll never take off. <laughs> work smarter, not harder. Isn't that what it's all about? No, I love the mindset of, again, having these words to branch off of. I, I flash back to the old improv game that was the, the scenes from the hat of here's the words. And the difference is we're allowed to use these over and over. And because you're here today, you can realize that this is that turning point and just discover how easy it is to make these changes now. Which... All of those. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. So one of the games that I play with my students when we're first learning this is I give them a list of words and and I'll, I'll give them a sample client. The client came in and said this, 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 and this. Write these things down. Now we're going to go around the room and everybody's going to throw out either a language pattern, mixing in some words with one of these concepts. And as we go around the room and do that, it starts to get funny and it starts to get easier and easier as we go. And students stop focusing on what mistake they're going to make and start focusing on just having fun. And it turns out I, several times now that I have done this exercise in classes, it turns out that 
as they hear other people make their suggestions or form their patter, they're realizing there's no right or wrong way to do this. The client is going to do their own processing anyway. I had uh, I did a, a class recently for um, Cheryl Elman and Cheryl and Larry Elman, and uh, there was a student in the class who English is not her first language. She's I believe from um, Portugal, and I did a, um, a Wizard of Oz kind of metaphor as I was talking to them, and she didn't know the Wizard of Oz miraculously. <laughs> Some people don't. She didn't know the Wizard of Oz. But when I, I said, and it, your home, it's in your backyard, she she latched onto the word home, and it gave her a whole vision of what she wanted in her life and what she was going to do to create that vision in her life. So in her case, the magic word for her was home. I couldn't have predicted that. But what I did predict is that the client student, whomever, will do their own processing and pick out of that what they want. And anything they don't want, they're just going to cancel out anyway. Well, it's the power of using this language that is more vague in terms of letting it become their experience rather than, I know exactly what this is. I know exactly where I have to take you or, right. oh, this issue always is there because of this specific thing that letting it have that room, that air for them to process the experience rather than dictate it all step by step. That's right. That's right. A person is able to kind of let go and just let it happen. Sooner or later, we all do it. And if you relax into it, listen to your client, then you can feed back to them what they most need. I just threw out three or four language patterns right there yeah, in a I row. I see what it you did, did there. It's, yeah, it sounded <laughs> like I was really saying something, didn't it? Because you were putting your own meaning to everything I said. Well, the more that people use these strategies, the more they realize that they have the skill already to jump (laughs) in because this knowledge is already there inside of them easily. (laughs) You can use it automatically, can you not? Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, it's, it's a matter of doing the dance, getting into the zone. I don't know how people do hypnosis if they're not in the zone with their client. I know that I have had um, more than I can count clients who, after the hypnosis session, will go, oh, my God, it's dark. Well, I've had my eyes open through the entire session with windows, blinds open, and didn't realize that it was getting dark or that it started to rain or that it started to snow or whatever other kind of climatic change might have happened during their session because I'm in the zone with them and with that client. If you're doing that dance with your client, if you've got some ideas about how how to help them, which they have already given you, they gave you when they walked in, then go with that flow. Go with that flow and give your client the room to process. The day that I realized that I didn't have to have all the answers was the day I absolutely loved what I do. Up to that point, I really liked it a lot, and I wanted to be good at it. But the day I realized I didn't have to have all of the answers, that I had to listen and be present with my client, was the day that I really felt independent. I really got my freedom. That's when you're really in the moment with them and letting the process become that organic experience where to have the day where you might see a bunch of people for the same issue and it's a different session every single time, not just for the sake of novelty, but because that's what the experience called for. 
Yes, yes. And it is different every single time, even if they have similar issues. So I've got uh, I've got some things that I do with my clients. I do um, I, I manage their expectations, find out where they're going. Um, you probably are familiar with the um, uh, well-formed outcome questions or outcome specification exercises in NLP. When you talk to your client and get narrowed down what it is they really want, you know, the hardest clients are the ones who don't have any idea what they want, I think. Mm-hmm and trying to figure out what it is they really want and where we're going. But if you can get them to really latch on to what they want and know what they're going to get out of it, boy, change can be easy. Change can be so natural. And then they, they'll call you back or they'll text you or they'll come in a, another time and say, oh, my God, that was so easy. What can we do next? Which is that beautiful moment of, again, continuing that story of here's what here's where the journey started. And as you're getting deeper into it and finding what it's really about. Oh, hello. Hello. Did no, I there you? we go. <laughs> Dropped okay. out for a second there and uh, back in there. Uh, hey, I'm. Kate, cut this segment out here as we have a nice transition there. I you like how I talk directly to my editors here, and it makes me not yeah. have to type. Um, do you want to do uh, an opt-in offer off this to, to do like your list of words and then also use that to point to the book? Um, sure. Okay. Then I'll give you a clean transition into it. Um, host it on your side or mine? I'm sorry. Say that again. Should, should we do the opt-in off of mine or off of yours? Um. This is going out next week, so we got time to program it. Yeah. Um, how would it, I, I'm not sure how it would work off mine. Yeah. I can do it off of mine and set it so it shares the data with you, and you just give me the handout, then that'll copy those people to you too? Sure. Okay. So um, I'll give it the transition in three, two. And I know that I saw you talk about this actually previously back at the uh, at the IMDHA convention, which is part of why I invited you on to celebrate the independence of your hypnotic process. Uh, can we share? Can we share that handout uh, with the listeners? Absolutely, I've got I've got a, a preliminary handout, Jason. That it absolutely will will share that right away. It's the top twenty magic change words and uh, patterns. And so it's it doesn't have the twenty words, but it's got words and patterns that you can use. And I think it's a, a really nice preliminary list. Um, yeah, we'll make that I, easy. If you just head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash, uh, we'll make it forward slash magic words. And just put those two words together as one. So worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash magic words. That'll redirect you over to the show notes for this session. And that's where you can actually go in and uh, get a copy of that magic words in pattern form. Uh, now, this comes out of your book, too, correct? It does. And you mentioned uh, the IMDHA conference, IAC conference. Uh, I'm going to brag for just a moment and say um, I was really surprised and so happy that my book won their Pen and Quill Award. Oh, this yes. Year. So I was thrilled about that. If, Absolutely. Congratulations. Uh, I'm, not here, I'm not here by any stretch of the imagination to sell the book. But if uh, but if you do buy the book, there is a place where you can go uh, and get an complete list of language patterns and, and magic words. But this one that Jason's going to hand you is going to be a great place to start. And it's easy. Fun. Why not make your work more fun? And because you're already using these strategies, you can begin to realize just how easy it is when you have more strategies that you can put those scripts down and celebrate that independence even more. 
And here's another thing. Before you use it on clients, you can also practice on waiters, on spouses, on telemarketers. (laughs) Can't tell you. I don't don't often answer the phone when a telemarketer calls. But but if I've got some time and I feel ornery, that's an old Oklahoma word. Mm -hmm. I'm from Oklahoma originally. Uh, If I feel ornery, I'll pick up and talk to the telemarketer. And my goal is to get them to take me off their calling list. But I will play with them with magic words and language patterns and get them very confused and uh, let them know that, you know, Uh, you're probably wanting to never talk to me again. And a person might take me off the calling list and never have to mess with me again. Imagine not ever having to waste your time with me ever again. (laughs) You probably already know that all you have to do is take me off your calling list and that'll be very easy for you and it'll be automatic. I'm wondering if you take me off your calling list now or if you take me off your calling list as soon as we hang up because sooner or later I'm off the list and we'll never have to do this again. I love that I'm not the only person saying using your time on the phone to practice your skills. We always have some bit of uh, tech support type thing we have to do. I had uh, a scheduling software that I use just suddenly had one little thing it wasn't doing. And this morning on the call, I'm going while I'm on hold. I'm going to be as kinesthetic as I can be on this call. (laughs) You know, I know they're going to answer the question, but this just doesn't feel right. And just (laughs) something about this is just it's rough and just. You know, just seeing that if yes. I could shift the language and suddenly she's using it too. So, yes, <laughs> that's lovely. I like, and that's what we do. Practice your skills wherever you are because they're fun. Uh, one of my students uh, is a waitress uh, part time and she works at an Italian joint. And she, you know, part of the job is at the end of the meal, you're supposed to try to upsell them into dessert. And she was one evening not selling any desserts, and she thought, let me use a language pattern and see what happens. And so at her next table, she said, if you get des- if you get dessert, you can take it home, then you can have it for breakfast in the morning. Or, you know, if you buy dessert, to- if you get dessert to go, then you can have it for breakfast in the morning. Every single table bought dessert after that. Nice. For the rest of the evening. So play with it wherever you can. Just use it. And also you don't to have play to do with this it, just in- and even for the student who is maybe still in that kind of dependency upon the scripts, to find those moments to set them down and just and just to sort of uh, vamp off of those words and put them into use. Once they use them a couple of times, it becomes so easy that it is the gateway <laughs> to freedom from scriptnosis. There you go. And isn't that a wonderful thing? Karen, awesome having you on here. It's always fun to be with you, Jason. I love it. (laughs) Jason Lynette here once again. And as always, thank you so much for interacting with this program. And I'll share the stage here to tell you to head over to Amazon and pick up Karen Han's book, Magic Words at Language Patterns. We'll link to it in the show notes over at worksmarthypnosis.com. Plus, check out Hypnotic Essentials. There are early admission specials available to those who register now. It's a live six-day hands-on intensive training experience with myself and James Hazelrig to become confident and competent with your skills in terms of organic applications of hypnosis. Check that out, hypnoticessentials.com. See you soon. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com. (laughs) 